0: Hi Namrata, it's great meeting you.
1: Thanks Pravas, same
0: here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how did your entrepreneurial journey start? So well actually my
1: entrepreneurial journey started several years after my corporate journey did. Mm -hmm. Started off as a designer, very keen to be in this field of work and um, one job led to another. 14 years in the corporate is what I did as a visual merchandiser primarily, while I did start off in the apparel segment, moved into VM really quickly. Um, A couple of junctures where I felt that being a consultant was the right thing to do and that is how it came about to be. So early on in my corporate journey, maybe when I had about four or five years of WorkEx is when I came across a couple of consultants, I was impressed with their work. And um, somewhere the seed was sown at that point of time where I said that, you know, at some point of time, I'm going to be a consultant. Um, Several years down the line, um, for various reasons, I felt that there wasn't enough growth opportunities within the corporate, because Mm. in India, I think creative careers still have limited scope especially within a certain industrial segment. So most careers, most creative careers still follow the managerial pathway where everything is very linear. And creative professionals need lateral growth more than linear growth. So that really was something that corporates didn't have at the moment. And so I took a break, did my post-grad. And when I did my post-grad, that was the time when I was I started to rethink if I wanted to go back to a corporate and do a managerial role, or do something which is still more content focused. And that was the second juncture where I said that I want to do quality work. I want to be content focused and true to what I do, without just being a resource manager and uh, that was my second point turning point where i said okay being a consultant and having my own consultancy
0: is the next logical step for me so how exactly the transition happened like you know uh, moving from a corporate to thinking about yourself and starting a business because which requires a lot of courage a lot of risk uh, you know and on top of that, uh, being a woman entrepreneur, you know, it also I would quote it a survival mode. So, <laughs> how did you basically face those challenges and decided, no, it's going to be my own business or well, my own idea?
1: Actually, it wasn't as planned as that. Like I said, I. Um was rethinking if I wanted to go back to the corporate, and for quite a while, I sat on the fence and debated the pros and cons mm-hmm. of being on my own, being a consultant, having my own my own label versus going back to a secured space and a job and uh, I sat and dilly daddyed on the fence for a long while. actually I spoke to friends, and everyone had pros and cons and you know honestly, I did my own rational thinking on this as well right. and uh, it just was that you know somewhere I felt that I had to I had to be able to carve my own niche and to be able to uh, so when you work with a corporate you're working under an umbrella you have mm-hmm. a banner that you're working under and you have a platform that's really provided for you Right. so you might you might uh, I would say shine your brightest on that platform but to be able to say that you know what how about I take a step away from this and find my own voice. It is, like you said, it does require a lot of courage and it did It did take me a while to get to that point, but once I had taken that decision, I was
0: just really glad that I did. So, did you have any kind of inspiration at that time or, or, or a kind of role model at that time? Because if you now think, if you ask a small kid who is practicing cricket, and definitely, they think okay, uh, Sachin Tendulkar is my role model. I mean, when I actually decided that I want to be an entrepreneur, so there was a time of around I would say seven to eight years, I read a lot of books by Richard Branson, mm-hmm. which somehow kind of ignited me. You no, know, I want to start my own business of being an entrepreneur rather than doing a same routine job every day. So, do you have that kind of moments?
1: Well, there's a there have been certain milestones, certain inspiring factors and influences rather than one role model that I looked up to. Um, there is a consultant, a design consultant, uh, Sujata keshavan whose work, she she rebranded the Shopper Stop logo and that's when I came across her work and the, the entire rebranding exercise. I, I, And she was also a speaker at one of the one of the industry conferences so i was hugely inspired by everything about the lady Mm -hmm. Um, then there's been another book that i think has played a significant role while it's been in the background and i think i only recognize the role it played in my life perhaps a few years after having read it it's actually a limited edition book it's white banners by Lloyd Douglas right and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story it's about set a hundred a little over a hundred years ago mm-hmm. and it's about this lady who uh, is he, she works as a maid in a household and the gentleman she works for is actually moonlighting and creating he's, he's building he's engineering a refrigerator the world's first refrigerator right. and um, so he has two partners in the business and then you know just as they're about to launch the product, they dupe him and there's no paperwork and he's completely distressed and then when he's distressed she actually helps him to she reminds him that you know he still has his rational and emotional intelligence and he has all the faculties that he needs to be able to come up with another idea and a better idea yeah. and I think at some point you know maybe that influence was that you can not you don't create yourself once but you are able to rebuild and recreate yourself even out of nothing a second time around or a third time around so i think that has has at some level influenced me and the way i think
0: right and also tell me more about the support system you know the both both external and internal support system um be it the family, be it friends and you know, uh, colleagues and you know, other, I mean, how do you basically get the breakthrough uh, even when when deciding to start a business and even getting a working capital though,
1: uh, the
0: first working capital to probably print your business card, having (laughs) your own website getting money to register your company because those <laughs> are the real challenges
1: right. in India. So, well, um, when I took this leap into the unknown as I say, mm. I had a few fundamentals in place. One was um, financially I was, I did not have any liabilities. So, okay. I was, I, I, You know, and I've been managing cash
0: budgeting.
1: Yeah. So, and I have been managing my finances independently from the day I started working. So I knew, obviously, you know where and how my money is placed. So I was one. I was. I had no liabilities. Two. I had a background support system where I knew that if I do not continue to bring in income for a certain amount of time. I would still be taken care of so that background existed however obviously I was on a budget and I had to cut down and scale down on a lot of things from mm-hmm. my really plush salary to okay. a low salary and I was willing to do all of that that was one thing and how did I get the capital to even you know to, to get this off the ground is I used my savings and uh, but like I said I kept an eagle's eye out on how much I was using because I stipulated an amount and I said that this is as much as I'm willing to do and I'm not going to go overboard and take endless risks and you know and and it gave myself a certain amount of time frame as well mm-hmm. so I said, this is my this is the budget that I'm going to spend and this is the kind of time I'm going to invest and within that let me see what happens and how this takes off so I did have a realistic aspect and approach as well so yes I did take some risks but I also didn't go overboard with the so risks. you had a plan B um no, plan. I didn't really have a plan B but like I said I knew I'd figure out plan B by the time I get to that stage because time also opens a few doors, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes you I mean all the doors don't open at the same time right in front of you. Some of them open along the way and I knew that they would. So Very that was true. my plan B.
0: <laughs> great, great. So uh so from, from the time of starting till now you have seen many ups and downs as an entrepreneur. So what are the most exciting moments for you? And also, what are the, the kind of down times when you see, oh, this is actually end, I'm not going to carry on that the very next day, but then you wake up in the next day morning and you will, no, I'll do it. So. Well, so the app, you know, the really, uh, interesting
1: and exciting aspects of an entrepreneurial journey is that every day is a new day and if you're the kind of person who enjoys being intellectually challenged and stimulated hmm. well that the entrepreneurial journey is certainly for you because you really have no idea how it's going to pan out you're going to need a whole new set of skills that you bring to the table because all of what you had in the past yes it will be a background but you're going to need that and so much more and so if right. the learning curve is really steep and I'm someone who enjoys that so when I'm in a stagnant space it gets to me that's when I think that you know I, I get really restless when I'm in a stagnant space so the mm. learning curve is huge when you're an entrepreneur and that really keeps you because then you feel that there's, you're being challenged, you're moving upward, you're evolving, you're growing. So, right. yeah. Of course, it's challenging in its own way, but it's challenging in an exciting kind of a way. Uh, the down times are when things are not going as per can, which is a yeah. lot of times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you think, all right, that was a great presentation, pitch and it was it's a really exciting project, and you're suddenly gonna get it and you still don't hear from a client and you go like okay, so you know what went wrong <laughs> over there and you're still trying to figure it out, but a lot of times you're still unable to get to that point yeah, where you those are the panic
0: moments. That,
1: that's the <laughs> time when you think like, Okay, did I really do the right thing? But you know that seven out of ten times your answer so yes and you know that you can you can type through the three times it's a it's a no (laughs) right right. so if you think that the journey is um, is a journey of certainty no not at all right but um, it's invigorating it's the one that keeps you going from moment to moment day to day
0: great Uh, tell me a bit more about uh, your clientele the type of work you do and also how do you basically engage with your clients because that's very very important for an entrepreneur to be in touch and uh, sometimes you grow very fast or you don't have any work so you know m- missing those deadlines <laughs> is very um, mostly it happens so how do you basically handle your clients um, and particularly in your field, there's right. a lot of customized designs, right. you know. So basically
1: what I do is like you said, I do bespoke design solutions. To begin with, when I meet a client, I, a, I do not treat them as a client, I look at them as partners. Right. And I see that what is the value that I can bring to this project, this assignment to the table. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell them Apple dealers that they do not need. I'm not here to convince them that they need my services or my work or that it's good enough. I, it's only when they believe that they see value in it and that right. that can help their business be more profitable right. is where I know that yes, we've forged a relationship. So my first approach is that I'm not trying to sell them something. I'm here to help them with some kind of business objective that they have, and mm. I think most of them really they get that, they sense it, and they respect it. The second is I try and understand what their business objectives are, and how what and what is it that I could do for them. Uh, that's when I put together a presentation, and uh, a lot of times, you know, more people are receptive to it than not. Yeah. That's when the relationship. I would say officially, it becomes a working association. Most of these projects span anything from two months to six to eight months, so Mm -hmm. it's a fairly extended working relationship with a lot of back and forth, a lot of course correction, because you have your vision in mind, you have your direction in mind, but you still improvise as you go along. Right. Um, A lot of clients are happy to work with me, and some of them are returning clients, like I did an exhibition for, uh, light manufacturing industrialists, and uh, this is the second time that we did it. We have done, I've conceptualized the, mm-hmm. the booth for them. So, yes, they're happy to work once again. Okay. Um, and, um, Sorry, your second
0: question No, was? second question was, have you ever thought of uh, a massive failure? Like, you know, you've thought of it going to be successful? But somehow... In terms
1: of deadlines?
0: Yeah, not um, Not really. So what I
1: do is I paste things out. When I meet them and I'm not quickly making pictures to them, I'm not like, you know, I'm not there to say, okay, I'm going to go see... So my pro- I follow a certain process. Hmm. And when you follow a process and each step the way you are curating everything and every aspect that is going into it Your outcome is fairly certain or the quality of the outcome is fairly certain I won't say the design outcome is certain, the quality is certain Because every step is measured
0: And how do you see yourself like at this growth rate how do you see yourself in next 5 years or 10 years down the line um, frankly, um, I would like to
1: keep my consultancy, consultancy very quality focused and very content focused. Mm-hmm. So I see it becoming a boutique consultancy Great. where we offer concepts of various types and natures for various events across. So right now what I do is primarily in the retail industry, perhaps taking that across into other service related industries, or perhaps even personal and interpersonal events. but. I would keep. I would like to keep it a very quality and content-focused boutique consultancy. That's one aspect in terms of size and scale. The second aspect is I would want it to have a social and a conscious, uh, you know, conscious choice that people are making. So, for example, I think sustainability, while it's the it's the new thing that's in and yeah. it's a buzzword. Um, most people just see sustainability as an option and I'd like right. that to become not just an option but the most natural choice that people are making. So. That's another area I would want to venture into, where we start saying the materiality that we are using in every aspect, whether that's textile or it's the set that you're putting up, it's every single thing that's going into it. You're you're thinking about the carbon footprint it has, you're thinking about the ecological value and degeneration that it is Mm -hmm. causing, and you're making far more, I would say, humane choices. So that's another area I'd want to take this into.
0: And have you thought of going to be a product company by any chance?
1: Um, Not really. I think I'm very happy being in the space of being a service provider. And I'd like to keep it at
0: that. And tell me a little bit more about how do you basically, you know, maintain your work-life balance. Like, I know being an entrepreneur, it's like you are 24-7, 365 days on. But how do you wind up yourself and you know enjoy your personal life? So when
1: I started off, um, honestly, I was working the craziest hours there are. Uh, midnight, I was still doing projects, and and then I'd be waking up at four <laughs> with an idea, and I was really going berserk. Right. It wasn't working for me to function like that. That's when I took a step back and I said, I've still got to treat it, I've still got to bring some of my...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just continue, I'll just so, ask for it. That's fine.
1: So that's when, that's when I thought that it's time for me to bring in some of my learnings from the corporate and some of the discipline from the corporate and I started to work regular working hours unless it's an emergency and it's a crisis and of course you've also got to design define emergencies and crises. So now pretty much what I do is I, I have a you know, I have a certain space which is like, this is the sanctity, this is a sacred space, this is my workspace. Mm. I don't bring in my personal things into that space. I have particular stipulated hours unless I have a meeting that's really out, it's out of town or it's a different thing altogether. So I ensure that that discipline is maintained because if that isn't, then uh, your, your entire life is going to get run over and I think it's important to have a balanced outlook whether you're, you know, you're talking about your physical well-being and health or you're talking about your family and personal time or you're talking about work. If you manage to have a semblance of balance in all spheres, right. you're far more uh, productive Mm -hmm. And fulfilled, so it is important, and I'm not driven in the way where you know I'm looking to reach for the stars because I i think the stars are in your eyes and not just in the sky. Great, great, thank
0: you so much. And also, um, I want to a little bit understand about um, particularly when we talk about women entrepreneurship, right? And uh, when you look at country like India, there are a lot of challenges out there, the government. I mean, trying to uh, bring some changes, uh, trying to work out few things, but somehow it has not achieved what is supposed to be, so where do you see, like, um, what should be, uh, are you happy with the kind of, I mean, support system or the ecosystem we have right now? Uh, Do you think that needs to be any change? If it is, then what are those changes? You know, I think the
1: discrimination against women and women entrepreneurs is at a far more subtle societal and cultural level than at a government level. Um, It reminds me of of an incident when I was working with this particular company and there was a there was someone who was going to be recruited on, for a particular job. She was a young woman of about 28, 29, 30 years old, just gotten married perhaps two, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember a senior asking her in the interview that, you know, since you've just gotten married, most probably you're going to go on a maternity leave sometime soon. And yeah. he was hesitant to get her on board. And I thought that was very discriminatory because honestly, you should be evaluating people on the basis of the value that they bring to the table not in terms of the deep that they will possibly take three months or six months and i think that at that subtle society, um, at a subtle underlying level at a societal and cultural level, most women's careers are stunted they are not recognized and not acknowledged as much as men they're not given as many opportunities as yeah. men and that needs to change you know? yeah that is what I was uh, about to coming uh, because the law of uh, so, for example, if you had equal laws and you had—you didn't have just maternity leave, but you had paternity leave as well, then you wouldn't stigmatize women for taking leave yeah. because the man is also required to take leave. And perhaps and that also creates for a more holistic, integrated family system, right? True. True. Um, I know that, you know, uh, HUL has fabulous employees policies they have a crush at work they uh, expect young mothers to stay at home two days of the of the working week and work out of home if you're working beyond 6 p.m. your boss is going to be questioned that why is it that you have overloaded your employee I mean your team and are you not able to you know manage your team because so I think you need to create a system where people Value a work-life balance mm. and if they mm. do
0: that, there's equality, there's equal pay, there's equal leave and there are equal opportunities, we'll have a far more productive system. Right. Also, I was, uh, I'm about to ask about the access to finance as well. And when I say that, uh, you know, the, the, the data right now says almost 97, 98% of women entrepreneurs, they don't get funding from VCs or institutional investors uh, because they are not serious, they are not committed to business. Uh, and there are different uh, circumstances for that. What What's your thoughts about these things and how do you see it? <laughs>
1: I think once again it's a gender game most investors happen to be men (laughs) 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 so they are looking at the woman through a particular lens and all that really needs to change is the lens and not the gender right so if we somehow are able to create conscious awareness that the lens is foggy (laughs) perhaps we bring in the change in the system
0: yeah definitely and that is where the ecosystem will change so that, that was my last question like so uh, if you have to change few things in the ecosystem what are they going to be I would say
1: that corporates and government start creating or rewriting their policies one with women on board so mm-hmm. that makes it more sensitized and, and you know people bring in a wider perspective rather than just the one track perspective right. and that that policies need to be rewritten consciously yeah and 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 just you know they need to be implemented not just rewritten they need to be followed through
0: right and um, again uh, going back to the last question is um, there are many entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs um, who would like to you know be an entrepreneur, but they ha- they know that they are going to face a lot of challenge, but they see entrepreneurship right now is more of a lifestyle. You know they want to get into that but they are men- not mentally prepared already. So do you have any uh, kind of feedback or any kind of advice for them? particularly the young millennials who want to be entrepreneurs?
1: So, well the first thing is, I think you must ask yourself why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Right. Is it because you think it's the next in thing, it's the cool thing to do? Well then let me tell you, you're not going to have a lot of cool days in that case. Right. Are you doing this because that is really what works for you and that is is is. Um, first understand your motivation behind being an entrepreneur don't Mm -hmm. just leap into it because this is not easy and smooth sailing at least not in the beginning for most people right there might be a few people who can breeze through all of these days but I I think those people are few and far in between so be ready for a rough ride and Before you're ready for the rough ride, ask yourself why do you want to get into it? And I think if you're able to have the answer to that, you know whether you're ready for the ride or not. And when you're ready for the ride, I'd say be both a risk taker, but also be a realist. At least that's what I've been. I've straddled both spheres, and that's where I found my balance. So you think this is the
0: right time to start a business?
1: Uh, Any time is the right time to start a business like I said figure out your motivations right. but yes it is certainly a more encouraging time than it was say 10 years ago
0: right so the world is also looking India as one of the you know fastest growing economy I think it's the second third largest uh, growing economy in the world right now so there are a lot of opportunities out there um, so so um, where do you see the industry stepping off uh, for entrepreneurs uh, or working professionals in India?
1: Well, opportunities exist, but they will still not come knocking on your door. You have to go out there, create them, find them, and discover them and maximize them. And that is still hard work. Uh, But yes, it is the fastest growing economy and if you have a few things on your side, one is you need to be good at whatever it is that you do, whether it's a service or it's a product. As long as that has the winning formula to it, that's essential. The second is your ability, your perseverance, your patience and your vision. So yes, the opportunities are certainly far more than they were in the past.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was pleasure talking to you. Thank you for Same, all yeah. the insightful advice and uh, you know sharing your expertise. I hope um, uh, you know the the audience will uh, love it. And uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.